This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Wednesday, December 8th, and that means this is your 5x5 episode. Five writers from NBC Sports Edge for five minutes each. We will talk about a couple of my favorite under-the-radar rookies and their recent production. A little bit of chaos brewing with the Indiana Pacers, plus some unders in the player prop market with Von Dalzell, and much more on this episode as we welcome in the table setter, Ryan Knauss. Ryan, you look extremely focused like you have a look on your face like you you are dialed in and ready to go i'm usually smiling and nodding during your intro today i was just locked in what am i gonna say you're just like get through it get through it matt i'm ready to talk let's go let's go i did hear you say chaos brewing in indiana and i would say the chaos has already arrived there's there's a lot going on it's there. brewed okay it, it, it has brewed yeah. it's it may be over brewed at this point it's a little bitter indiana number 13 in the east they have a 10 and 16 record only better than the lowly Magic and Pistons. Uh, you've got TJ McConnell, who's out for months with uh, wrist surgery to repair a torn ligament. You've got TJ Warren, whose return date is still unknown. And now you get this bombshell report in The Athletic by Shams Trania. It was co-written, I forget, uh, Sam Amick, I believe, uh, stating that the Pacers are looking into a full-blown rebuild, that they're going to be very active heading into the trade season, and that they're explicitly looking to move Karis LeVert and uh, DeMontis Sabonis and or Miles Turner. So a mm-hmm. huge amount of things in play. So tons of fantasy possibility and angles here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think my initial reaction when I saw that is, I don't know, how easy is it going to, not all those guys are going to be so easy to move, even if they want to do it. That, that was my initial reaction. Like, what was your initial reaction? Was your initial reaction start thinking of as as though those guys are gone soon? Like, how, how did you react to that? Well, I mean, in the report, it says that Indiana will be very patient. And yet, anytime a report like this comes out, sourced at the highest level, national media with explicit details about who they're looking to move and who they want to to get more minutes for, they mentioned Chris Duarte right. and Isaiah Jackson as explicitly players. So this is a targeted, intentional thing by the franchise to get this news out, get the ball rolling, get some offers coming in. You know, all the mechanics between why you would do this on the national media, I'm not sure, but clearly this is going to happen. I mean... The, the other shoe is going to drop soon-ish. So it may not be like I mentioned Isaiah Jackson, and he is a blocks rate superstar. I mean, he's played six minutes this season for the Pacers, so let's not go crazy. But, you know, in college, he had a block rate of 12.7%. Uh, college is a different game, but the NBA block rate record is 10.8% by Manu Bowl in 1988. So just to give you an idea, like he, he is a blocks dude in college per 24 minutes he averaged 10 points eight boards a steal and three blocks per game hence he's very much on my radar as a player to add to your point though is this going to happen quickly enough that you can stash isaiah jackson right now i don't think so so you might be better off just picking up o'shea brissett who blew up the other day get some temporary production and keep isaiah jackson locked into your watch list 
uh, because this is going to happen. And, and the three players that were mentioned explicitly, Karis LeVert, uh, Tomato Sabonis, and Miles Turner, those are all very movable players. And plenty of contenders or would-be contenders are going to be interested. They're going to be floating offers to Indiana. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if these guys, two of those three, are gone by February. And Chris Duarte was already trending up, already had been added in re-added I should say in a lot of fantasy leagues after that kind of lull that he hit but now he's got seven straight double digit games averaging around 13 points three and a half boards 1.4 steals 1.73s in 29 minutes over that stretch 10 steals in his last five games um, this is a guy who's already high on before this news broke and I think kind of as you alluded to Ryan the arrow just starts to point way up for him as this season you know spirals toward a rebuild for Indiana absolutely and you know, it's going to be, you mentioned the steals. Those are going to be huge because he's not a very efficient shooter yet. I think still figuring out his spots in the NBA, stuff like that. Not very good at the free throw line. Can he get enough boards and assists to really flesh that out if he's not shooting well to, to be more than a top 100 guy? I'm not sure, um, but certainly the opportunity is going to be there. You know, he's, he's very old for a rookie. He comes in ready-made. We've seen him in a starting role already for this team, getting big minutes. So... Certainly, yeah. I mean, if he's still floating on your waiver wire, which I assume he might be in some leagues, despite this report coming out, uh, just double check that he's not there because he's going to be valuable for sure. I mean, already probably is putting up low end value. And then with this trade yeah. or trades potentially brewing, yeah, he could blow up. So in our remaining minute, Ryan, is there any action you have taken in, in any of your fantasy leagues or will be taking as a result of this? Uh, with either with guys you've already rostered or guys you would be adding other than Duarte and maybe Isaiah Jackson is super deep league. Yeah, those are the the two main guys. I mean, if you're streaming value, you could go with O'Shea Brissett, as I said, but that's just temporary. It doesn't super move the needle on these guys because we just don't know where they might go, right? Or what their new role might, right. look, might look like. Uh, it doesn't make me very high on Karis Levert if the Pacers are already kind of willing to move on from him. Clearly not loving what they're seeing and maybe he's just one of their most tradable pieces and they have to include him in such deals but for a guy who's been inefficient with his injury history that's just built and built it's tough to see him landing on yet another team with yet another new coach and trying to fit in immediately and be efficient enough to justify you know top 75 valuation all right well ryan appreciate you uh breaking this down too fast as usual man too fast too fast whoever's idea this was ter- terrible idea uh, whoever came up with this concept chastise them if you find them <laughs> okay i'm gonna look into that ryan thanks talk to you soon thanks man who do we have next i know who we have next it's Raphael johnson raf what's happening not a whole lot you uh you know not not much i believe we're gonna talk some new york knicks here yes, and uh, a name that really i know i haven't talked about too much on this podcast recently uh mitchell robinson let's start there yeah mitchell robinson um that was the most recent change that tom thibodeau's made to the starting lineup where mitchell has moved to the bench uh Nerland's noel started last night and the early returns are very positive for Robinson, who, who noted that his conditioning has been an issue. Um, so, you know, he only played, he played uh, coming off the bench, you know, he played 22 minutes, 11 points, 14 rebounds, two steals, three blocks, and four for six from the field, three for four from the foul line. An outstanding line from him. And I think I've seen people discuss this as, as a bit, you know, kind of concerned that the loss of minutes could lead to a decrease in fantasy value. 
I'd actually go the opposite direction uh, because of the conditioning concerns that Robinson has stated himself. And, and we've seen him get tired, play five, six minute stretches and get a bit fatigued and start to make mistakes with regard to fouls and, and other things. Playing shorter stints off the bench and being able to go up against some backup centers may prove to be beneficial for him fantasy-wise. At least it was last night, and I think it can be moving forward as well. I think we all, a couple years ago, a few years ago, I've lost track of time, had kind of visions of Mitchell Robinson blossoming into a fantasy superstar. It feels a little bit like he's just settled into being like a solid a solid, like, low-end big guy. I mean, you know, the last couple of years, his numbers are kind of similar, you know, seven to eight points, around eight boards, mm-hmm. 1.5 blocks last year, 1.8 this year. I mean, I guess when I look at that, though, bench or no, I guess, like, we kind of know what he is, and that's fine, and, that, and like, it's it's all okay. Like, he he's fine. I don't think we think he has, like, a huge ceiling, even though he did show a little bit of that last night, mm-hmm. Raph. I mean, do you feel like that's kind of what you see is what you get right now with Mitchell Robinson moving forward? Um, yes and no, I guess I would say. Okay. You know, I don't think we're going to be expecting a world from him. This isn't a Time Lord-like situation by any stretch. Like I think right. Robert Williams has a much higher upside than Mitchell Robinson. I think we'd all agree on that. But like, I don't think if I, if I have Mitchell Robinson before last night's games, I wouldn't have dropped him, and I definitely wouldn't drop him now. Uh, just because I want to see what he can do with the limited, comparatively speaking, the limited minutes. And like mm-hmm. I said, the, the one game returned very good, but let's see what he can do these next few games and see if it sticks. Next up, we were going to talk a little bit of R.J. Barrett yeah. in our remaining couple minutes here. Yeah, R.J. Barrett has not been a fantasy favorite of mine, um, you know, because he's primarily a scorer. When the shots aren't right. falling, you don't really get much defensively, but he was outstanding last night. 32 points, five boards, two assists, two steals, seven for eight from three, and 11 for 20 from the field overall. He had himself a night, to say the least. And he, now, he had. <laughs> you know, I was a bit concerned because of the number of young wings that the Spurs have, but it didn't matter. You know, he got where he got to his spots. He was able to knock down those corner three pointers that he was really good for before that slump. But, um, I'm just not I'm not sold on him long term, you know, because of the lack of defensive numbers. He had the two steals last night. But the thing is, mm-hmm. 0.6 steals, 0.2 blocks per game for the season was that fool's gold. So I, I, I would exercise some caution here with R.J. Barrett, I think. Yeah, I mean, for me, the good news with R.J. Barrett is around 15 points per game, six rebounds per game, yeah. almost two threes. And it really stops there because, you know, as you alluded to, no defensive stats to speak of, mm-hmm. 0.5 steals, 0.3 blocks, bad percentages. So in fantasy, he's, he's like a points and threes guy with bad percentages. <laughs> this is not exactly yeah. something for me to get too excited about. Uh, and by the way, Jared points out, he and Ryan, I, I guess, had some not so nice things to say about RJ Barrett in terms of fantasy on the podcast. Then he went out and did what you mentioned he did uh, <laughs> right after that. But I mean, his year by year ranking in nine category leagues, 311, 173, and 211 so far this year. I mean, it's hard to really believe that there's any real fantasy value in there until we actually see it. He's just, he's literally off my fantasy radar, Raph, until we, we see him yeah. get there. He's still rostered in a lot of leagues merely because he's a starter and you know he's going to get his shots. But the thing is, you're talking about ultra competitive leagues. He's a tough play because of, as we mentioned, the defensive stats or lack thereof. 
Right. Well, our time is up, as you heard. Von Dalzell points out in the chat, he'll be coming up in a minute, that uh, R.J. Barrett is paying his bills currently. So <laughs> we, will, we will talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, Raf, thanks. Talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Before we get to that, though, we are going to get to this. Oh, look who's here. It's Steve Alexander. Steve, good afternoon. Matt, I love the fact that you have no idea what I'm going to talk about today. I have a hint. I have a I have a a kernel of something. No, I I may switch it up. Oh, you you have no idea. Wow. So, okay. We're gonna start. We're gonna start with breaking news. Are you wow. Ready? Bones Highland. Okay. Bones is back tonight. He's probable. Okay. Tyrese Maxey sounds like he's back tonight. He is okay. Probable. Patrick Beverly's okay. playing tonight. Patrick Beverly's back. Now here's the one that I'm a little worried about breaking this to you live on the air because your reaction. I just don't know. Solomon Hill, your guy solo, oh. he's out for the year. Is it out for the year? Yeah, out for the wow. year. I saw that he had, I saw the report. Breaking news. I saw the report that he had torn his hamstring off of the bone, which is, yeah. is like just awful. That's tough. There's the breaking news portion of this. Okay, well, I just want to say Patrick Beverly is a guy that I would actually act on in terms of fantasy. I would go pick him up if he got dropped in your league. Because go look back at what he was doing before this groin injury. We talked about expecting Patrick Beverly to get hurt, but he was playing really well. And uh, he, he is an immediate ad for me if he's on your waiver wire. Well, D'Angelo Russell's ankle's still jacked up. Like, I haven't seen a report that D'Angelo's playing. So, yeah, I agree. He He's worth using, especially when D'Angelo's hurt. Okay, breaking news complete. What's next? You guys were talking about Mitchell Robinson admitting that he was out of shape. I don't know if you watched any basketball on Tuesday night, but there were some well-known figures from TNT blasting my man Luka Doncic for being out of shape, for laboring up and down the court. And Luka said after the game, yeah, he's, he took three weeks off after the Olympics and, and maybe chilled out a little too much. And he's had trouble uh, working his way back with the ankle injury and the other injuries he's dealt with. Despite all that, he had 28 points, six boards, nine assists. My concern is Dallas plays again on Wednesday tonight. So whether Luca plays in that back-to-back remains to be seen. He says he's still in pain. But, you know, if if my guy's going to play a little overweight and a little out of shape and still be this good, I, I can't wait to see what he does when he's in tip-top. He's gone with the full, the old-school Jokic approach of getting ready for the season, which is to not get ready for the season. That's that's the That was his uh, game plan for this year. Correct. And now to the pickups of the day, you know, I yes, we have a behind the paywall. If you subscribe to the edge um, stuff, you, you get this every single night. We we do this pickup of the day column. It's kind of fun. And uh, some guys that you and I have talked about recently showed up on that thing last night on a three game night. Dorian Finney Smith. Oh, man. Thirty six percent rostered. Had 15 points, six boards, two assists, three steals, four three-pointers with Dallas basically back at full strength. That was encouraging, I thought. that's We talked about him a lot. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, still starting for the Lakers. He can't shoot his way out of a paper bag. Uh, but LeBron, Anthony Davis, Westbrook, all healthy. THT still started, had 12 points, six boards, four assists. Two steals and a block. He only hit five of 14 shots. He was 0 for 5 from 3. But that's somebody that's worth looking at because those Lakers, they're going to be resting those old guys. 
You guys talked, spent all that time talking about the Knicks. I never heard Emmanuel Quickly's name, I don't think. 23%. 16 points, five boards, two assists, a steal, two three-pointers. Quickly has scored in double figures, Matt, in 11 out of his last 15 games. That game against Denver was tough, was tough to handle, but go ahead. He throws, he likes having Quickly out there at the end of the game. He had a couple of big threes on Tuesday night, which was pretty cool. And then, Two more guys, Matt, before my alarm okay. goes off. I'm sure it's getting yep. close. How much time we got? It's getting close. 34 seconds. Oh, good Lord. Uh, Nicholas Claxton comes out of nowhere. Uh, Paul Millsap played four minutes last night. Claxton played 21, had six points, nine boards. Um, he had that strep throat or mono or whatever it was that kept him out for right. four months, it seems like. But he's back, and I'm very encouraged by what we saw last night. And then your guy. Jimmy Johnson, James Johnson, 2% rostered. My God. Played 25 minutes last night. Millsap played four. Uh, James Johnson had 12 points, four boards, four assists, a steal, a block, and two three-pointers. He's free on your waiver wire in every league imaginable. So those are some names. As you like to say. Yes? As you like to say, Steve, I'm going to let you have James Johnson. I'm (laughs) going to go ahead and let you have him. (laughs) Hey, I might fire him up for DFS. He's just Nick Claxton and James Johnson are guys you want to like put eyes on. Keep an eye on them. All right. Our time is up, Steve. It's been a joy as always. I will be talking to you very soon. Fantastic. Okay. I'm removing you from this thing now. We're going to talk with Von Delzell of NBC Sports Edge and NBC Sports Edge betting, I should say, and Jared Johnson in just a minute. But first wanted to remind you to subscribe to NBC Sports Edge Plus and get every tool for every game. Now all our premium tools for fantasy, DFS, and betting are included in one subscription at one low price. You can subscribe monthly or save 20% on an annual subscription. We have made it easier than ever with more tools than ever to play and wager with confidence with NBC Sports Edge Plus. Also, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter this week's free NBA Pick and Roll Contest for a chance to win $50,000. This week, we're highlighting matchups between the Cavaliers and Bulls, Knicks and Pacers and Nuggets and Pelicans. If you don't have the Predictor app yet, download it now. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. As we officially say hello to Von Dalzell. Von, how are you, man? I'm doing well, Matt. How are you doing? I am good, thank you. I'm good. Um, I think that we our first topic here 
actually connects, and you mentioned this guy, R.J. Barrett, paying your bills. So uh, tell us the story with uh, some unders in the player prop market. Yeah, so if you're new to betting or just betting in general, the player prop market is where it's been at in the NBA, but the unders are where it's been at specifically. Everyone wants to bet overs. It's not really the route to take. Uh, Guys like R.J. Barrett, as you've already heard, Darius Baisley, Eric Bledsoe, Spencer Dinwiddie, Kyle Kuzma, all these guys are great under bets long term that'll help you pay your bills uh, no matter how much you like to bet. But Darius Baisley's on an incredible streak. It's Wednesday here while we're recording, so I'll be betting him tonight under eight and a half points. He's done that in 12 straight games. You could just keep on betting that over and over and over. Uh, you know, you guys talked about Patrick Beverly being back. So Eric Bledsoe's gone to the bench. He's lost minutes, lost touches. He's been a great under bet. But even star players, all right? Luka Doncic, Kyle Lowry, Bradley Bill, Joel Embiid, Julius Randle, Steph Curry, all these guys have 60% or better hit rates to the under this season in their points. So I like betting the unders this year. I'm 21-8 and eight in my last 29 because it's way more profitable than betting overs. So unless your name is Zach Levine or, or uh, DeMar DeRozan, you should just be probably sticking to the unders or uh, – my guy, Trey Young, right here, because he was on fire for a little oh, bit. Nice. I got his high school jersey on. I had to respect your, uh, wow. your team, Matt. So this was a birthday wow. gift last year. So my favorite jersey. And that's pretty awesome. I'm a little yeah. I'm a little upset. I don't have one of those. Oh, if he gets on a crazy that. streak again, uh, I'll have some free money. So I'll send you one. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, yeah, the Baisley thing is, is borderline uncanny. Like you said, he's shooting 26.3% from the field in those 12 games. Uh and yeah, and it's just crazy that it's it's not twelve single digit games in a row, which it is. It's twelve <laughs> games of under of of under eight or eight or less. Which one was it? Yeah, under eight and a half points. So eight or less That's, points. Oh, eight and a half. Yeah, crazy. And uh, yeah, Barrett. We talked about Bledsoe six point six points per game in his last eleven. Eight of those have been single digits. So uh, good stuff there. I think you you mentioned uh, DeRozan and Levine, and you wanted to talk uh, your predictions for a Bulls future bet. So lay it on us. Yeah, so that's my favorite team. So I watch every single one of their games. I've been in love with how they look this year defensively. I was worried of how they were going to be this season, but the combo of Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso have been so pivotal to this team's success. If they can get Vucevic going, uh, Game in, game out. I think this team is clear-cut a contender in the East. Now, the only way you can really bet the Bulls are is betting them in the Central Division themselves against the Bucks. Now, the Bucks are a team that's going to have to rest Giannis down the stretch. We've talked about a couple other teams like the Lakers who are going to rest their veterans. The Bucks have some injuries right now where they're going to want to be healthy long-term rather than short-term. And uh, Giannis has been day-to-day a lot. So the Bulls are plus 250 to win the division. I like to wait till closer to Christmas and get a better number, like 400 or so because the Bucks obviously will have a lot of exposure closer to Christmas and New Year's playing those type of games. So you can get a better line on the Bulls possibly because when the New Year comes around, they're probably going to be sitting or switching up some rotational minutes on those guys and probably signing or trading as well. So uh, I like the Bulls to make a run because they're going to continue to push and try and get better while the Bucks might get lackadaisical in the end and not really care as much for that one or two seed. Bulls currently 17 and eight, second in the East. We've got a couple minutes left, and I think uh, you had some some long-term playoff bets uh, that people should think about making right now. So what's the story there? Yeah, so uh, I do like to talk about the Hawks. Last time I came on here, we said the Hawks were a great preseason bet to win the East. I still think they're yeah. a contender to win the East, no matter. They have a couple little injury concerns, but they'll be all right. Um, I think the Miami Heat also at plus 550 right now is a very good bet. I said they're one of my favorite teams. I'd like to see how they come out. If you got Tyler Hero with us and listened, uh, you're just basically waiting for that cash to come in right now. He was 20 <laughs> to 1 
uh, to win six man. He's now minus 140, a clear cut favorite. So uh, that's one way to bet the Miami Heat in addition to Atlanta Hawks in the Eastern Conference. You can get great odds there. But Western Conference, I'm not giving up on the Utah Jazz, Matt. Everyone laughed at me. I got a lot of Twitter. Hey, they said the Utah Jazz, the ones that lost four in a row last year in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm still on that Utah Jazz. I think they're going to climb the hill this year. Good over that hump. I'm not really backing the Lakers or the Nets in the futures market. I think uh, you'd be a fool to do that. Those rosters aren't championship rosters. You're basically relying on Kevin Durant and LeBron James to carry those teams. Uh, so don't forget about the Utah Jazz, who are falling behind the Golden State Warriors and the Phoenix Suns. Uh, basically, their hot starts, too. The Jazz are right there with them. So uh, I like Utah, Miami, Atlanta, and Chicago, those four teams to try and throw some lunch money on and get paid back. And I will say I'm going to Boston and Celtics and Warriors game next Friday. So if Clay Thompson returns, I'm going to get a first-hand look at him and see what the Warriors are really about. But uh, that's going to be an interesting take. Maybe we'll have something to talk about next time on him. Nice. Looking forward to that. And by the way, I mean, you probably aren't going to get a better – I mean, this is probably the peak opportunity to bet on the Hawks, right? It was sitting at 13-12. Yeah. Unless you did it when they were 4-9, and nine, uh, that would have been probably <laughs> ideal. But Yeah. I mean, 16-1 and one right now is I think where points bet had them at. And, uh, I mean, plus 1,600, like, you know, 10 bucks wins 160. You know, that's uh, that's a little bit more than some subway money. So, you know, anything like that long term, I don't, I don't think it's bad bets to take, especially like the Utah Jazz and maybe my Chicago Bulls. We'll see what they're about. But. All right, Vaughn, great stuff as always. Look forward to uh, having you back here soon. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. See you next time. Now we are going to uh, – oh, I know what we're going to do. We're going to bring in Jared Johnson. I, I, I had a momentary just uh, lapse there where everything shut down. I was seeing white. I, I couldn't speak. Hey, Jared, how are you? Hello, Matt. Matt, you missed the memo. Oh. Everyone's clean cut. Vaughn came in clean. Raphael came in clean. I'm clean. What's with that scruff? Matt, you missed the memo. But it definitely <laughs> went to the wrong folder. Someone sent it to me. <laughs> uh, today, I want to talk about uh, Franz Wagner. He's been heating up over the past seven, providing mid-round value. Uh, 16.7 points, 5.4 boards, 4.7 assists, 1.1 triples, 1.4 steals, and just 1.4 turnovers on 47.5% shooting on a 14.1 field goal attempts a night. And he's doing that in 33.1 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. If we look at his college stats, they're actually pretty similar. 12 point in his, in his sophomore season, 12.5 points, 6.5 boards, three dimes. 1.3 triples, 1.3 steals, one block, and 1.3 turnovers. Uh, he was only getting 9.3 shots in college. So what it looks like to me is just steady growth, steady improvement. Uh, I think these numbers are highly sustainable, what he's doing right now. And I think that he could even get better if he starts bringing some more consistent shot blocking numbers to his game. Yeah, I really like Wagner, and I, I traded him to you in one of our leagues that we're in together for Will Barton, and you and I had an email exchange where we revealed that we both were losing a little bit of sleep <laughs> over that trade. Um, I, I feel like Bart, Barton's been slightly better yeah. on him, like according to the rankings. you know, uh, I think he's in the top 80, whereas Wagner's just inside the top 100 for the season. But, you know, Barton, I just have that unsettling fear of like an injury, you know, an abductor strain or something popping up at any time. Whereas Wagner, you know, right. is, is a much younger guy. So, I, yeah. I, and by the way, the playmaking, he, his assists the last seven games go like this. Four, 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 five, 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 six. And so, you know, 2.8 dimes on the season, really what you're getting is better than that. And I, and I think uh, 
there's a whole lot to like here. So let's talk about let's talk about trading back. We'll, we'll trade back right yeah. before, maybe before Will Barton's next injury. I'm going to try to figure out how to time that. <laughs> I sent that I sent that one early, and uh, after we did that trade, Will Barton continued to go off, and I think uh, Wagner went on and to have like a scoreless performance. So I'm finally finally getting back on top on that trade. Okay, let's pivot uh, to our second topic. I don't know how deep uh, Ryan got into this one, but uh, last yesterday, uh, Ryan and I were talking about Pacers. And as we were talking about Pacers, the news broke that they were basically willing to go through a rebuild with the specific goal of giving more minutes Mm -hmm. to both Chris Duarte and Isaiah Jackson. Isaiah Jackson is incredibly enticing to me. During his one-and-done season at Kentucky in just 20.8 minutes per game, he had 8.4 points, 6.6 boards, and 2.6 swats per contest. And, uh, and then in the Summer League finale, he tied the Las Vegas record with uh, a seven-swat performance in just 21 minutes. So there's massive shot-blocking potential here from this man. And when I hear that, there w- that he was specifically named, mm-hmm. that he's the guy they want to give more minutes to, and not interestingly, Goga Batadze was not mentioned at all in that column from Shams. Um, so that gives me a lot of hope. Now, I'm not saying go out there right. and grab Isaiah Jackson this moment, but I'm saying definitely have him on your watch list. I don't know, 20 team league? Yeah, go get him right now. But he has the potential. He really does have waiver wire pickup of the year potential if the trade goes where they're sending out centers and not receiving them. How do you time that? I mean, I think you're, you don't want to waste that, you know, a bench spot on Isaiah Jackson for weeks and weeks right now, but you also don't want to lose out. I mean, this is just a case where, no. you know, no. may, maybe you, maybe you beat someone in the lead up to the trade deadline as we get a little closer, like you pick the right moment and do it then. Like what, what would you do? I think, yeah, once we get, because trades like this, if they're looking to shop both Miles and DeMontis, right. that's not easy. I mean, I'm sure that they have a lot of interest from the league, but um, those are those are two yeah. high quality players. You want to get the best possible value you can if you're in the GM position. So, yeah, I would say once we get just put them on your watch list as we get closer to the deadline, really start paying attention. And you know, once that Woj or Shams or Haynes bomb yeah. comes. All right. Well, we got five seconds left. Any other topics you want to hit? Uh. No man, I think we I think we got a good solid clean cut. We timed it almost we timed it today. almost perfectly. <laughs> so close. So close. Uh well, Jared, it's become a tradition. I don't know if he's ready for it, but uh the last word Ooh, from Raf. Clean. Raf. <laughs> Raf, you got you got a lot. Wait. Dude, I didn't really have anything to say this week. I'm going to paraphrase you. What about you you had some well wishes for Solomon Hill in the chat? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Because when he went down, he almost did a full split. And watching him walk back to the locker room was a painful sight. So, yeah, you wish him the best. And you you tear a muscle completely off the bone. That that ain't good at all. That's brutal. And the Hawks have been just killed with injuries on the wings, as you you obviously know. So, yeah, I guess we'll be seeing some Jalen Johnson a little sooner rather than later. Or a a lot of TLC. A lot of Timothée Luawu Cabrera, who did hit seven threes in their last game. So, super deep leagues, I guess. And Bogdanovich out a couple more weeks. So, super deep leagues, I guess you 
you maybe go add TLC. I say that with some trepidation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That will do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We're here every Monday through Friday throughout the regular season. I want to say thanks to everyone for listening and for watching live. And thanks to all of our writers, Ryan, Steve, Vaughn. And a reminder, by the way, to catch Vaughn on the Bet the Edge podcast. And thanks to you, Raf and Jared. Adios. Soon. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.